Steve Mathis production. Hello, Pope fans. Keep using that M-A-T-T-H-E-S code at btosports.com. And be sure to click the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com for your non-moto purchases. Your support makes it possible for us to continue to deliver your moto fix, and we thank you. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chance ability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You are thinking yes. or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the Racer X Podcast Show. Brought to you by BTOsports.com Hosted by Steve Mathis. Everybody, I know you've just finished listening to a whole bunch of uh, intro crap, but I just wanted to uh, put one more thing in there before we get to the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Hey, look, you, we all buy stuff from Amazon. I buy stuff. You buy stuff. We all buy stuff from Amazon, let's face it. So why don't you, the next time you're buying something from Amazon, go to pulpamex.com, find the Amazon banner there on the bottom right-hand side, click to that, it'll take you to Amazon, and then you can place your order for whatever it is, either lube a baseball glove, or a car, whatever it is. Then that way, Pulpamex gets a little piece of that, and uh, we can keep on doing what we're doing. And I appreciate it. And so check it out on the link, and see you guys later. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast, and we've got ourselves a Red Bud wrap-up here. Uh, and As usual, joining me on the phone, my two compadres, my two amigos, my two people that complete me, Jason Wygant. Yeah. And David Pingree. Yeah, hi. Yeah, hi. <laughs> uh, what's going on, guys? Thanks for doing this. Uh, um, let's let's get right into it. Red Bud has come and went. And uh, I guess right off the bat, let's talk about a real, real sad thing, unfortunate uh, tragedy. Josh Lichtel uh, passed away from um, heat stroke uh, complications, I guess. I don't know too much about it, but really, uh, really sad deal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much about it either. Uh, I don't work in the office there anymore, so uh, I really didn't even know about it until uh, I think yesterday or maybe Sunday night, mm-hmm. just from some buzz on uh, Twitter and stuff. So I'm not really sure of the details, but it seemed like one of those things where, I, I mean, I guess he went to the hospital, um, but it wasn't like everyone at the track was going crazy thinking, "Oh no, this is terrible." I, so yeah. maybe that means it. Well, well I, I kind of got no word idea. of what happened. Um, and, and and it's going to be a lot more to come out. I think uh, he he tipped over in a turn, like no big deal. Got up, couldn't get his bike started, then fell over again. And uh, you know when you crash in that heat and humidity, and you stop getting air flowing on you, it heats you up quick. So um, 
from what I understood, when they got to him, he was, you know, his uh, level of consciousness was a little bit off. So they got him in the ambulance, you know, got a couple IVs in him. There was, you know, no panic at that point. And from what I understood, he um, he passed at the hospital uh, due to just complications from that, some type of organ failure or something, which, yeah, boy, I, I, there has to be more to it than just he got hot at the track, you know, I mean. Well, uh, like, like, like we said, yeah, there was no panic at the track. Nobody sort of knew. It, 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 and it wasn't even, I mean, I, 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 I replied on a thread on a Vital MX about this. I didn't even, it was hot, but I, I can, I named three or four races off the top of my head that I thought were hotter than Red Bud. It wasn't insanely hot. Why, again, did you, did you think so? 55 degrees in the TV truck. <laughs> well, there we go. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be crazy to, to say that there was something extraordinary about the conditions there. You know what I mean? We yeah. had plenty of hot rate. I mean, yep. wasn't it only a few years ago that fans were complaining that the races, the racers aren't as tough as they used to be because of the, you know, Bob Hanna used to do 45 minutes sprint in 130 degrees, I think, mm-hmm. on, a tra- on a bike with six inches of travel, something along those lines. You know what I mean? Like, this is not new, um, riding yeah. in heat and humidity. So maybe there will be something more. Maybe there won't. I don't really yep. – I don't want to speculate that there's something more to it. If there isn't, I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, sad deal, no doubt about it. Our uh, yeah, absolutely thoughts and uh, uh, thoughts go out to uh, Josh's friends and family or anybody listening to this or whatever. It's uh, it's a b- right. bad deal. Um, let's let's uh, move on from there if we can to the race itself. Uh, Chad Reed, you know what? He's going to end up. Everybody, you know, Ryan Villapoto went out and killed the second moto, and Dungey was certainly. You know, looked great in the second moto as he was chasing. But Reed is just making things happen in an economical sort of way, and he's he's finding himself, you know, adding to his points lead this weekend. Um, very kind of bizarre day because although he won the first moto, I, I thought Dungey was a little better, and, I, and certainly in the second moto, Villapoto proved to be a little better. Why can't? But uh, Reed's just uh, just the old wily veteran like we've talked about before, huh? Yeah, you just wonder how it's going to, which um, which thing is going to work out. You know, Chad finding ways to make things happen, uh, or the kids just finally being able to overwhelm them with speed. You know, so halfway through the year, still really hard to come up with an answer for that. You know, you'll go one moto where you're like, okay, Villapoto's finally got this locked in. He's not that far behind in points. He's going to be dangerous from here on out. And then a couple hours later, you're back to the same question again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not impossible for anyone to get in a role or someone to get hurt or something to change dramatically over these next couple of weeks. But, I mean, at the moment, you have to think that why wouldn't Reed be in it to the end? I mean, there's been a couple of times this year where you thought, okay, maybe they've gotten a hold of him now. Yep. And then he digs himself back out. So yep. why wouldn't he just do it again? Yeah, we're, we're six races down, six races to go. And, you know, it's just he just he just figures it out. And, and maybe he saves himself a bit. Backs it down. He knew the third would get him the overall because um, he knew Villapoto had a pretty big lead. Uh, Pingree, it's 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 um it's kind of like watching a guy that that uh, is is um like placing his way to the title. The complete opposite, say, of James Stewart in Supercross. He's uh he's working it to get himself the title. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, he he definitely isn't dominating it, but boy, if you're um, you know, if you're him, he's cashing in on you know win bonuses and and like like he did this weekend, he's adding to his lead. And 
even though those guys are faster, a moto here and there, mm-hmm. he's got what sixteen points. That's pretty good right now. I mean, yeah, yeah, and, and building second, uh, you got to feel pretty good about if you're him about you know your chances to to hold that points lead to the end. And if you're Ryan Dungey, you're just so frustrated. I think again because. You actually were, um, you know, in the last lap there, Dunge went around the outside and it looked like he was going to make it make it happen. But Reed cut him off, you know, <laughs> literally with a, a foot to spare and, and took the win. And it's just like another thing that Ryan uh, hasn't had go his way this year. Hey, Weech? Uh At the uh, press conference at the end, um, Dungey was really, you know, bummed that th- the same thing kind of happened over and over this year. And I think even dating back to Supercross, but especially outdoors, mm-hmm. he's not able to make passes. You know, he's had plenty of races where he's fast enough right. um, to get it done. He admitted, you know, second moto, he, he wasn't fast enough to get it done on Villapoto. Villapoto took off. But I counted, I think, five times this year in how many motos have we done? Twelve? Yep. Five out of twelve, almost half the motos this year, where at some point Dungey has caught up to Reed, gotten on him, and not been able to get by. He was able to do it only in Colorado, but... Man, there were five other races where he couldn't do it. You know, uh, second moto at Hangtown, uh, first moto at Freestone, um, second moto at Bud's Creek, uh, first moto here at Red Bud, you know. And, you know, so that happened in Supercross quite a bit, too. It happened in Supercross quite a bit. I think there were four or five of those, even right down to the last lap of the year in Vegas. Um, So I think he's getting a little bummed on not making the passes. But if we go too far with this, it'll sound like we're bagging on Dungey again. That's you know, kind of the book that no one has seen that hyper-aggression when needed, you know, or even – has anyone ever seen Dungey ever really run into a guy? Has anyone ever seen him do it? Mm. Are there any memories of Dungey with a hard block pass on someone or sticking a wheel in him? Yeah, I don't think so. No, I've never seen it. Yeah. I mean, he even raced J-Lock clean back in the day. Yeah, he hated that dude. <laughs> So I don't know if he, he seemed bummed about it. And I even, knowing Dungeon isn't going to give you too much information, I did an end around, and I gave him, I said, well, isn't it hard to make passes because, you know, the track was a little muddy this weekend, and what happens if you went off of the main line to try to make it happen? And he's like, oh, yeah, there definitely was one good line, but I still need to make those passes, man. So he, <clears throat> he didn't take the excuse, which mm-hmm. leads me to think he's frustrated because he's never going to tell you he's frustrated, right? I, I don't think so. Maybe. Right. I don't know. But then I asked Reed, I said, hey, man, I think there's been five motos this year where Dungey got right behind you. And then after him getting roosted for a couple of laps, you were able to pull back away. So does that run through your mind now when he gets up to you, that if I can just hold him back for two or three laps, I got him? And he said, absolutely none of that runs to my mind. I'm just going as fast as I can and trying not to get passed. Hmm. So right. it's a pattern to Dungey, and Reed doesn't even realize it keeps happening. That's funny. <laughs> well, okay. Um Chad needs to get a butt patch that just says, hi, Ryan. <laughs> that works for either of them. There's only two guys that are going to really see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it'll drive Dungy nuts. Oh, it would, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> how about how about he can get one that has his favorite saying on it? Catching me is one thing, but passing me is another. No, okay. yeah, he needs a bigger ass for yeah. that. Yeah, we can go down the back of the leg or something. <laughs> um, um, good one, Ping. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be frustrating for Dungey. Filippoto, though. Um, let's get to him. He, he obviously he dominated the second moto. He just he got away. And Chad told me after the race, you can't let him get the start. It, it, he kind of admitted Filippoto's faster than him. You can't let him get the start. Um, 
whatever that means. But uh, RV's finding himself like his early races just do not leave him much room for error. Huh, Ping? Like he just it, – it's now – now we're seeing what happened with James where there's just no room for even something stupid to happen that isn't your fault. This weekend was was Ryan's fault, but, you know, you know how stuff just goes sideways. He's got himself no uh, no breathing room. No, you got two guys that are as fast as, as Dungey and Reed. You can't screw up that bad. And and even, you know, it, it speaks about the depth of the class, even, you know, Metcalf, Millsaps, uh, some of those guys where you have a big get-off. You're not going to catch those guys again, you know, where, where in the past sometimes you could have done that. But to, to Villapoto's credit, I mean, I didn't see it, but everyone that saw his crash said it was big. Like, it was a mm-hmm. pretty good one. So for him to you know, dig in and come back tonight with probably a, a bent-up war wagon of a motorcycle. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, his bars were crooked and bent. You know, his front end was all tweaked and bent, and then his uh, muffler fell off near the end of the race. because No the, visor. No visor. No visor either. Didn't the, have a visor. Yeah, the, the, Did the, the whole side panel, I think the whole side panel, muffler, fender, everything was. Yeah, the uh, yeah. It, it broke off. Um, the the, the mid-pipe twi- got twisted and bent, and then it, jacked up the muffler where they put stress on the bracket and the bracket broke on the muffler and of all the places you don't want bent handlebars it's like you know all those ruts at redbud you're trying to line up <laughs> line up for these high speed ruts yeah. with your bars turned sideways yeah. no no so. it, um, it was quite an exciting day and i think rv got a little fortunate to go 9-1 and um get third overall only lose uh eight points to to read um because it you know could have got a lot worse you know what, though? If you're Villapoto, are you saying, okay, Dungy's had uh, his bad luck, obviously. We know he had a blown moto there. And um, blown moto, not motor. I don't want anyone to think there was an actual mechanical problem. Um, and Villapoto's had his problems. Is it realistic to assume that Reed is going to have 24 motos without a major issue? Or does, do you run the, we've had some of our bad luck, and eventually it's going to catch up to everybody else? I think if you're a racer, you run that line because these guys tell themselves whatever they have to. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> yeah. You got to say, oh, his is coming. His is coming. And then at the end, at Paula, when he's holding the plate, you go, oh, I guess he didn't get it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I think racers tell themselves that for sure. Well, it's just a first turn, you know, a first turn crash. Yeah. Even, and yeah. Reed gets a sixth or a ninth, just like Villapoto did. I mean, that's not, it's not crazy to think that they might get a few points back for that. Yeah, except here we are 12 motos down. <laughs> <laughs> yet I just think Reed's the one guy that is really good at avoiding that stuff. You know, he doesn't get caught up in that drama. He, you know, he kind of knows when to be consistent and, or, or cautious and when to really lay it down. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, doesn't mean it can't happen. I mean, you know, nobody's immune to that, but I don't know. He seems to be good at just avoiding it, avoiding tell, all the drama. Tell you what he's incredible at is uh, in, going back to Supercross and, I know because I watched him on his team all the time, and sometimes Ferry was hurt, and I still had so I spotted or whatever. I can't believe how many times that guy, and it still happens. You turn a seventh, eighth place start in Supercross, and by the end of the first lane, you're in third or second. You know what I mean? Like cutting through people is just these guys are just remarkable at it. And Chad's one of the best. You know, he hasn't had to do it in the nationals so much, but he just. Just really good at that. Really, really good at making the best out of a crappy start. Mm. So, yeah. Um, let's move on to two uh, interesting topic. Let's move on to Brett Metcalf for once. <laughs> really? Yeah, we should. I mean, I feel feel bad 
joking about let's skip over him. So let's talk about him. But but let's talk about him because there's a little controversy. Um, uh, Metcalf goes four five, which uh, he had rode good. Uh, probably his best race of the year, I would say. Um, you know, definitely the leader of that next pack, let's say, of guys. But the controversy I want to talk about is the second moto. He left his cooling vest on. Now, uh, there were more than a, one team. There was two teams that I talked to that were upset about this and wondered why he didn't get disqualified. You know, he didn't have his name and numbers showing. He didn't, uh, you know, that, that's part of the reason you go through tech inspection with your jersey to show them that everything's lettered right. The AMA basically just said, hey, Brett, you know, don't do that again. But should there have been some sort of penalty? I mean, he broke the rules. Now, granted, he didn't want to. He got actually extra hot wearing it, I guess. Um, but but Pingree, do you think should he have been penalized? I don't know. You know, the, the <laughs> AMA needs to. It, it's so damn hard because what's, you know, has there ever been another case of that? And what did they do? You know, what? what it, it's hard. They don't ever like have a precedent set and then stick with it. So who knows if he should have? Yeah, yeah. I guess if he broke the rules, yeah, he should have something. Maybe it's a monetary fine or whatever, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. if you break the rules, you sh- there should be penalty, right? I, I, but, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? They, they have been making a big deal over the past few years about number size on the side plates and the jersey, and how you know it has to be black on white or white on black. And right. Um, I guess if you got there with a vest, wouldn't you know covering your name and number up? Yeah, there yeah. should be something. What do you think, Weech? Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that always surprises me where when teams uh, ask for a DQ or something like that, I mean, you know that you're that you're just being handed something, right? Like, are you proud of that? Like, clearly the guy got fourth and fifth in his two motos or fifth in the one when he had the vest on. I don't believe anyone thinks the vest was an advantage. He told me he literally forgot he had it on and he didn't understand why he was sweating so bad during the moto. And he said he got blisters because his hands were so soaked. And then he pulls in. The end of the moto and says, didn't even didn't know he had it on. He couldn't understand why he was so hot. And that vest is a vest that creates like you can freeze it to cool things, or you can like put it in the microwave and it'll retain heat. <laughs> right. So it was actually heating up about ten minutes into the moto. I don't know. So, yeah. so anyway, looking like a Jimmy is, Dean sausage. It was, <laughs> yeah, it's like something if you just run your own experiment at the next race at the continental breakfast and you'll see how he felt <laughs> so no one i can't imagine anyone feels like he had an unfair advantage so when you're asking the guy to dis- disqualified you're just trying to win races by hiding through the rule book right i mean i, I it always surprises me that people are proud of well that. i mean who who so who protested because i i see michael lessie finished right behind him so i just have to wonder no. Who filed the protest? No, there was no protest file from what uh, I get, but there okay. was well, there was people there was asking. Chatter. There was there was chatter, chatterbox. Like, hey, better, better, better. There was chatterbox to the AMA. Okay, uh, all right. Apparently, Wygant. I mean, he just feels like you can just break the rules. Uh, apparently, well, I, in Wygant's world, what's in the rule book means nothing. So that's all right. I, I'm glad you live your life like well, that. That's, that's cool. That's why I said make, make it monetary because taking points away from the guy, he he earned those points that day. But he also, you know. I feel and I mess something up. Charge him five hundred bucks and put that five hundred bucks into the asterisk, you know, right. medical crew or something. Or I don't know. Media, media, food pool. Oh, um, no, I, and I like Metcalf. He's a great guy. Uh, I feel like there should be something done. These are the rules. 
you can't show up at a NASCAR race and break some rules and not pay a price something. You just can't yeah, go, but the point oh, is that that's okay. I understand when people are arguing like, hey, they beat us in the race because they had a cheater part on their car. If we played by the rules, they should play by the rules. The only reason we got beat is because they had a cheater part. But in this situation, it's okay. like, hey, we're just trying to win on a technicality. He didn't have any advantage. Hey, try to, but, try to, go, try to race Talladega with your number covered up. Just put a sheet over it, see what happens. I mean, Thank you. and like I said, yeah, then make it a monetary fine. Okay. It just seems crazy to me. Listen. I mean, I, yeah, I, sure. You, you broke the rule. You get in trouble. But to DQ a guy? I'm not really? saying DQ. Did I say DQ? I didn't say DQ. You did say DQ. No, I didn't. I was maybe talking about my peanut butter buster parfait, but I wasn't <laughs> talking DQ Brett Metcalf. Um, no, there's just has this, – this, is, this isn't nom. There's rules here, Donnie. In the great words of the Big Lebowski, you know, there's got to be something done. I can't believe they just go, ah, oh, that's okay. I, I just, I, I mean, come on, guys. He rode without his name, and you got to bring your jersey to Tech and show them. Right. You know, yep. this is part of the deal. They got to be a certain size. They got, ah, oh, that's okay. Brett's a good guy. You can't do that. Oh, Mathis, why does everything got to be such a travesty with you, man? <laughs> Quit coming down on him. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm like, I'm not for the DQ for sure. Not, I am for the DQ on the Blizzard side, but not in this case. Just, you know, let's 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 do something to these guys. No, I agree. They there there should well, be something, the- but it seems crazy to take positions where I would I would make it a fine five hundred bucks. The guy would definitely not be pumped on that. I would make it. More, I would make it more than five hundred dollars. Well, whatever. It well, is, whatever. It is. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Like these guys aren't making that much money like they used to. Like where you find them a thousand dollars and be like, whatever, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. That's just me. I, I just. Um, and we I think it's pretty to... comical, by the way. You know that Kevin Windham didn't run his Liat brace in the second moto. I think it was Bud's Creek, uh, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. <clears throat> he literally forgot to put it on. Really? Hmm. Yeah, that's it. Because he had to back. You know, because then of course. The message boards lit up. Oh, Liat, see, it doesn't work. Wind him and wear it. But he had it on again. He literally was on the starting gate and realized, oh, there's, crap. There's been uh, two times this year when I've been around the Honda truck before the moto, and I really think Wyndham waits to the to the staging horn before he gets dressed. <laughs> like one time he just started running <laughs> at, at high point. They're like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I got some time. They're like, no, you don't. The horn's already gone. And he just took off sprinting like Ben Johnson in 88. So, like, I, you know, I, I, I find it easy to believe that he forgot it. Um, okay. Well, so let's go to um, – let's move on from Weege's lawless world that he lives in. <laughs> Road warrior style. Um, uh, Australian. Yeah, Australian. There no we wonder. go. Yeah. No wonder. Uh, Alessi. Mike Alessi rode really good in that first moto. How long again? He rode really good. I don't know how much you guys saw him. Uh, well, I only know that from um, listening to the Pulpcasts oh. on uh, PulpMX.com. Because um, you look at an ace, that's the problem when you get an ace. If you're Michael Essie and you get an ace, it's possible. You would think, okay, I could see Alessi maybe starting 10th and just having a bad moto and getting eighth. It almost looked realistic. Until I listened to your interview post-race, I didn't know that it was, you know, crashing the first lap and 24th to ace. Yeah. If he had gotten 15th, then you would have known for sure. Yeah, yeah, right. That Good something point. Something was wrong. So it's that's that the eighth. problem with 8th. It's that 8th position. <laughs> um, You're like, eh, that's almost legit. No, he rode good. He rode, he came from the back. And, I mean, uh, I don't think, 
and Ping, you know how, how Red Bud gets. It was really muddy in the first practice. So what happens is it all gets pushed to the outside. There wasn't a ton of lions out there. Track was mint by the you know by the first motos, but um Well, so- I heard the extra rain they got too uh, made it really squishy if you got out of the main line. Oh yeah. You, know, you, you try to try, you know, getting up behind someone and then swinging wide or trying to set them up, you get stuck. So, I mean, Red Butt's always been kind of like that. It's like they – it's rad that they till it up so deep and it's so soft, but almost it, it can hurt the racing because no one will go out where it's three feet of plowed-up fluff. You right. Know? right, yeah, exactly. If you're not ready, you'll go flying over the bars when you hit it. Uh, yeah, unless he rode pretty good. And in the second moto, he got by Reed, you know, first lap or second lap, and he held him off for a long time. It got to the point where I was wondering – does Reed know he needs that spot for the overall? You know what I mean? Because kind of wasn't doing anything with the 800. He was sort of just riding back there. But in the end, uh, Reed told me, and of course, it's easy to say once you – I've already done it. But Reed said he was just getting roosted really bad, so he'll just wait. And then figured halfway he'd make his move, and sure enough, he did. But uh, I think Alessi rode well. Yeah, I think he did. I think there, you know, one of those results probably don't show how well he, he rode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he likes the track. So, um, let's talk to the JGR. Let's talk JGR. And there's only one man. Go Weege. Go Weege. <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh, yesterday was a holiday, and uh, stupid I holiday. Spend, I had to spend it partying, like I like I am prone to do. You guys know how that works. So, um, I did not stop by the office for lunch. So I have nothing. Um, nothing more than the layman would have. Right. Well, Millsaps although I did see Justin break down my flight. Is that is that what you would normally? Is that normal information anyone would get or no? Um, did you talk to him? Oh, yes. So, wait. I see for what's normal for me, I guess I'm just off. Like, to me, hey, I just saw Brayton. He's my buddy. We hang out. We take flights together. See, I think that's normal. But now that I no. realize, maybe it's a bit much, huh? Yeah, yeah. Brayton rode well. Uh, Brayton rode consistent 5-7. Second race back, so. Yeah, he was pretty happy. He said the conditions were much better for the ankle injury because last week's ruts were just concrete by the second moto mm-hmm. um this one you could kind of plow through him didn't have to worry as much honestly for him five seven he struggled pretty much all summer last year um this is about as yeah this is one of the better rides <laughs> he's ever had outdoors i know he won a moto once at steel city but yeah one of his better runs and then Millsaps um twisted his knee in that second moto i think he made that clear didn't he <laughs> yeah you want to tell people what uh what team owner Corey gibbs said well, you and I got this info from Hugh. He said that he was pointing at his knee every time around, right? Yeah. <laughs> Coy said that uh, – I'll finish the story, but um, Millsaps rode great in the first moto. Third place, rode strong, kept those yep. two guys in, sh- in, in sight for a long time. Um, second moto, he twisted his knee early, and Coy said – Coy Gibbs said every time Davey came by, he was pointing at his knee, pointing at his knee, and eventually – Two, three laps in, Coy's like, oh, I guess this is his knee because he's dropping back. So then Coy said he stopped cheering because, you know, obviously Davey's struggling. And and Davey kept pointing to his knee. And Coy was like, we got it, dude. We got it. It's your knee. <laughs> <laughs> it was funnier on the interview, pulpamex.com. Uh, no. uh, you should listen. It was funny, right? Why can't? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Just to think that it was going on during a moto. Right. You know right. What I mean? uh, we're talking about how hard it is to ride with your handlebars crooked. You know, and then you're taking a hand off. Yeah. Point at. Yeah. But anyway, um, I think well, it's funnier because look, he he he's one of the more dramatic guys too, right? Like when something like that would happen, mm-hmm. he would give you the extra limp to his rental car after the race, and yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know what I mean. Have the look of like the wince every once in a while. Well, the Honda guys would say that they knew right away how the weekend was going to go because when, as Davey walked to the truck for the morning, they'd be like, "What's up?" And he'd be like, "Shoulders, crash shoulder, crash shoulder," and they'd be like, "Oh shit!" And they're like, "Oh no," because they knew you know foot, shoulder, knee, whatever. They knew that it was not going to be their weekend. He let he let them know early on what was going to be bothering oh, okay. them. Um, I think the bummer in this situation for any of those teams with Villapoto being down in a heap and only getting ninth in the first moto, it opens up a rare, rare chance for another team to get on the podium. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know. Would a 9-1 have beaten a 3-4? Like if, if Millsaps had beaten everyone but those three guys? No, a 3-4 is going to beat that. That's um, that's uh, so, uh, 20 and 18. That's 38 points, and, and Villapoto had 37. So, so there you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? If if he had ridden to his max and, you right. know, not saying he had to beat one of those three guys Yeah, yeah, just, up. just do what – yeah. Right, take advantage, so of, take advantage of, of the, the night. thing that might bump somebody out, that this was a chance for someone else to get on the podium for once. Um, it I, didn't happen. I love uh, I love Coy. Coy and Jeremy Albrecht are just uh, a breath of fresh air in our sport. And I went to dinner with them. They're so, awesome, man. They're awesome. Yeah, I know. But I went Sorry. to dinner with them on a, on Sunday night or Saturday night. And I said, hey, so what's going on, you know, for next year or whatever? And Coy's like, well, Brayton, Brayton definitely wants the contract. He's getting a little nervous. His agent came to me um, maybe two, three, four weeks ago and said, hey, if, if, if you're going to move on him, you need to move because there's a lot of people looking at him. And I said, well, what would you do? I told him to keep on looking. Keep on looking. We got, we got the right to match any offer. So he's like, what do I care? Like, and, and it's so true. You know, I could just picture the agent saying that because that's what they do. And Coy absolutely not even falling for it, not even coming close to, like, panicking. We have the right to match any offer, so go keep on keeping on, you know? <laughs> funny, funny to hear a guy say that. Um, No comment on that? Just whatever? Um, because it involves Brayton not getting re-signed, so Wagant's mad. I, I, if, our, if I were a team, he'd be first on the list. I don't know why there's a little talk about Dungy. <laughs> I mean, um, every team, I believe, probably going after him. Even some other sports, I would bet you. <laughs> other Bigger sports. than just motocross. Right, right, right. Um, um, no, that is pretty funny because, yeah, the not blink. It reminds me when I would when I was working the customer complaint window at Six Flags, and people would <laughs> complain about a ride being closed, and then they'd finally drop the, well, fine, I'm going to go talk to my lawyer. And I would just say, okay. Because, like, what, you're going to sue us that a ride was closed? Like, what? You would have people okay. saying they're going to talk, talk to your their, lawyer. You would say that? You would have people saying they're going to talk to their lawyer because a ride is closed? Yeah, because on the, the problem was, <laughs> and this was basically my job all day to deal with these complaints, the back of the ticket would say in fine print, you know, no refunds, meaning you can't come into the park and the one ride you want to ride is closed. You're not going to get your money back. Mm. That's it. It's an open and shut case. You know, so they would argue. I would say there's no refunds. They would say, yeah, but we spent X amount of dollars. We drove from another state. I would say that doesn't matter. And then they conclude with, well, fine, I'll have to talk to my lawyer. And I would just say, okay, talk to your lawyer. <laughs> and it would, it would like, ruin them because they were like, once I drop the lawyer bomb on them, it's over. I'm getting my money back. <laughs> Meanwhile, this kid from New Jersey really doesn't care. No. but We might have to do a podcast just about working the, con- the complaint desk at Six Flags, though. Yeah. I'd, li- I'd listen to that. I, I would, too. I'd, I'd like to do it. one of your former jobs, Weege. <laughs> I had to learn <laughs> – to go with the clip-on tie instead of the actual tied tie, because like the bank teller window, there was like a 
there's like a four inch slit at the bottom to like slide change and stuff mm-hmm. through. Yeah. And if you were leaning too close to the window, they could grab your tie through that window. <laughs> <laughs> and man, if you had the tie wrapped around your neck. Oh yeah. It's like all I mean, of a sudden the clip-on tie becomes invaluable. Did you have? Did you have the, the clip-on? Thank God for the clip-on tie. Did you have the speaker or did you have the bars? Just the bars, man. I hate those speakers. You can never hear. Yeah. <laughs> <thank God. laughs> You're like what? Tickets in what row? <laughs> so, anyways, um, all right. Hey, let's uh, let's let's touch on silly season a little bit. What what'd you hear, Weege? Um, well, do we, do, do on we hear Saturday anything? morning, um, Davey Coombs came up to me, and I'm just going to reference who tells me these things because too many times I've had someone tell me to say something, and then when I get in trouble for it, they run. You know, <laughs> so I'm going to just give you my source, and he's like. KTM is bringing Pitt Buyer to this race to open up the checkbook for Ryan Dungey, um, which is fairly likely. I mean, if, for those that don't know, Pitt was a you know GP contender back in the day, and I guess what's his title? Worldwide KTM Boss Man. Uh, yeah, racing? yeah, sounds about right. I know he's. I mean, he's he's ahead of he's above Everett's and, and Roger. You know, Everett's runs right. a Euro program. Roger runs American program, but they're uh, Pitt. Both guys report to Pitt. Right. So having him there. You got to figure where there's smoke, there's fire. If he's coming to a race, they're not going to say, "Oh, I forgot Dungey was here." <laughs> right. Right. So there's especially sure not in that, especially not in that voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, is that very German? That pit <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like the grizzly German motocross veteran that he is. Yeah. Oh, Dungey's uh, here. Oh. <laughs> but uh, Reed, Reed's still dropping hints as he likes to do to stir things up. About uh, yeah. in the press conference, he said, "You know, I'm." They said, what are you going to do with the weekend off? And he's like, well, I'm a busy man. I run a team. I'm a racer also, but I'm a family guy, and we want to take a vacation. But at the same time, I'm trying to figure out how to sign a rider for next year. And maybe that's why Dungy rode so well in the second moto. He's just trying to show me how good he can be. Um, and when I tweeted that, a bunch of people emailed me and said, how could Reed really want a guy like Dungy on his team? Aren't they going to steal from each other? But uh, I've talked yeah. to Dave Osterman, who's the team manager over there, and he said, Reed, he wants a guy like Dungy. Or no one. He doesn't want a, you know, backup top ten solid guy. Right. Um, right. He wants a guy that'll push him and make him better. That's the whole point. So, I mean, I don't know if they're going to get Dungy, but it's interesting that that's the theory. They actually would want a guy at his level. Well, hopefully they have a good phone and fax service in Bahamas because that's where Reed is right now. Yeah, he concluded with then saying, and then I'm on them going to the Bahamas. So I was like, wow. Right. He chose the vacation. Uh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, I I I, I kind of heard the same thing, and, and you know, you know, it's interesting, and and I think look for this in an upcoming issue of next month's issue of Racer X because I guess I'll throw it out there too. Davey Coombs came to me and said, uh, "Go interview Pitt for the magazine." So, uh, like you know, like any good employee, I went over there and I talked to Pitt, and I found it really interesting. He totally, totally backed down from. The 350 is the is the answer, and we love the 350. It was very strange. Like, I spoke to Stefan at the uh, Stefan Everett at the USGP, and he again trumpeted the company line of the 350 is the future. We want the three. We're developing the 350. We are not developing a 450. We love 350s, um, which is what they've been saying all the whole the whole time. And I'm you know again surprised that they let Mikey ride a 450. But I almost thought it was a case of 
yeah, whatever, kid, just be quiet and ride this bike. Um, but Pitt Byer, you know, the boss man, he he really backed down from. He said, you know, obviously Antonio Caroli is is winning on the 350. Max Nagel's doing well. But maybe in American racing, we have to take a different look. Maybe in American racing, eh, the 450 is what we need to look at, or maybe this or maybe that. If, um, and then someone else told me that they've already working on getting a 450 going for next year, and they can homologate that thing pretty quick, as we know with, with, the, with KTM. They just, I mean, they just start and stop their assembly line as they choose. They're not just some massive company that has to build gold wings. Um, or, or, or civics or anything like that. So um, very interesting. Uh, it almost sounds like Dungey's like, hey, I'll ride for you guys. I ain't riding that thing. I'm on, I want a 450. And they're like, oh, really? Yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll cook one up for you. It was, it was a bizarre. But isn't Nagel riding a 450? No, nah, no, he went to a 350 this year. He did ride he one did. last year. Um, very bizarre. Just a, they, a, definite, a definite like, hey. We have both bikes, which is not where they've been all the time. So, yeah. Well, with the Alessi situation, um, they said when Mike chose that, they were almost. It was a bit of a problem because they hadn't they hadn't even bothered making any kind of racing development parts for that bike. So mm-hmm. they said that I think Alessi's basically riding on stuff they had with Nagel last year um, that they had like leftover. You know, all the you know latest, trickest, greatest stuff was all designed for the 350. So Mike decided to ride it. That's how. That's where they were, I guess. You know, we're not even bothering to really develop this 450 at this level mm-hmm. at this point. Right. That's a pretty big, pretty big change in a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, I'm going to transcribe that interview, but I, I was pretty surprised. But from what I hear, people within Suzuki, people within Dungey's camp, it sounds like he's going KTM. They, I guess I saw uh, Ryan's dad broing down with Ian Harrison and – um, it by all indications he is going to KTM. Do you guys hear anything different? Well, if seeing him bro down with people means anything to you during the uh, during practice on Saturday morning, I saw Dungey's dad hanging out with uh, Big James. So I don't know if the broing down really. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to get that rumor started, Mike? Yeah, that'd be good. You know what I mean? Like just seeing him talk to another guy. I'm not sure. Well, I guess Maybe. yeah. No, I agree. I'm just. Uh... But um, no, I think I think, I think Dungey goes to KTM just like. The speculation has been, and I bet you Stewart rides Suzuki's next year. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been on the Stewart to Suzuki thing for, you know, a while now. Got shut down on Twitter by James himself, but I stand by what I hear and who I heard it from. So, And it's not the 15, right? You are not breaching. Yeah, it was not the 15. The 15 isn't talking to me right now. We're fighting. Oh. He, he, he texted me and said he's not talking to me until I change my attitude. Yeah, I was making... I'm not allowed to move in there, am I? This would be like dating somebody else. Yeah, you can't get in there. i got to just change my attitude, and we'll see how he goes. Hey, um, <laughs> explain a little bit technically this 450 deal uh, for KTM. The 2012 450, which they've already announced, press releases, photos are out, is still carbureted. Yes. So I asked you, hey, where's DMA production role on this? Can you slap fuel injection on? Uh, is that illegal or not? You know, is that like putting on an aftermarket exhaust, or is that violating like new cases? But you said you can't slap it on because the head. Well, you can slap it on, but it doesn't work very well. There was you have to design a new engine to be able to. You design a new intake. Yeah, you design a new intake on a cylinder head for for the uh, EFI to to work uh, the most efficiently that it can. There was some aftermarket EFI systems out there that guys would slap on. Um, 
instead of a carburetor, and they never worked very good. So right. <clears throat> there's there's a few designing things you have to do for a EFI um, throttle body and all that. So right. So KTM can't just put a fuel injection system off a 350 or 250 on the existing 450. Yeah. They would have to make a change to the cylinder head, which would then violate the production rule, which means they would need to produce a new bike. A new bike, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, yeah, like I said, it, it may be on a KTM, you slap it on and it works fine, but not from everything I know and read and seen. What, what makes you think he wouldn't ride the 350? Um, I just think he's a little, from what I hear, he's just a little um, <clears throat> apprehensive about it, you know? He just uh, sees Andrew Short go from uh, well, a consistent. I can promise you that. He's oh, here we go. I know you did some bike. starts. Oh no, here we go. I, I know you did some starts. <laughs> I know. We, go. we got it. No, 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 no. I'm saying Dungey. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he's but... not going to sign something without riding one of those motorcycles. Of course you not. You know, so right. I would, I would bet that they shipped a couple bikes down to his place and he's ridden them. Don't tell Suzuki, but I bet that's yeah. happened. If yeah. he's really that close to signing or, you know, right. he's not going to, he's not going to sign anything out riding one of those bikes. Of course not. Yeah. So it's okay. a weird situation because isn't it strange um, when he had the fuel problem there in Texas or the uh, Freestone, sorry, or the uh, chain problem that it's like, ah, and Suzuki's letting him down. But at the same time, the, the team courting him strongest KTM, like if you're Suzuki, wouldn't you just point over and be like, well, look at them. How's it going for the, why, right. you? Feel like you're jealous of what they got? <laughs> yeah. So it's a strange scenario. From what I hear, he just really is really on Roger DeCoster. I mean, he just really thinks highly of Roger DeCoster and wants to get that magic back with Roger. Um, and as someone pointed out to me, you know, he's no magician, Roger DeCoster, and I agree. Um, you know, but Dungey feels like he needs to get with Roger and and. If Roger's riding, a, if Roger's at KTM, then that's where he needs to go. And you I know. talked to Roger, by the way, after Freestone when that happened, mm-hmm. um, and he's always to a fault almost how honest he is about things. He is, yeah. yeah. You know, and I said, really, is there anything as far as you know? Is there really anything different over there, or is it just you and Ian aren't there? And he said, you know, he has lost one of the best motor guys in Ian, but he thinks one of the. This is what Roger said. He said one of the problems is maybe that now no one over there is willing to say no to Ryan when he has an idea. And he was, or maybe Ian also, you know, sometimes the riders maybe going to want to change something. They're going to say, man, that's just not going to work. Um, that was Roger's theory, that maybe that's mm-hmm. what uh, Dungey needs. A guy to say, no, we're not trying that. Yeah, I just think, I got. yeah, I think it's just one of those deals where he, with Roger DeCoster, he won and had no problems. And now yeah. he doesn't have Roger DeCoster. And he still has, and he has problems, and he's not winning. Now, it's—I really think it boils down to the being that simple. We know it's not that simple, but you know, this is a rider we're talking about, and whatever they—they they just feel like you know the mental game. That part of the mental game is where it needs to be, and and they, he needs to be with Roger DeCoster. I, I don't know, um, but it's it's very strange how there's no talk of him re-signing with Suzuki. Like, there's nothing, and from people I talk to. They they agree that he just wants a change, but when you talk to Reed, uh, Jason Thomas, who's ridden the bike, uh, my buddy Tim Ferry before he he's got mad at me. When you talk to these people, they're like that RMZ 450 is really good. Ping, do you agree? Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody's yeah. like that bike is really good. Uh, the best you could hope for mechanically is a lateral move, and I, and I 
I think that's I think that's even pretty tough. Right. So to get right now. But he just – and, and apparently the money isn't a problem. Suzuki's got money. I mean, obviously there was rumors of them having some financial issues as a company. But from what I hear, they got money. He just wants to leave. A little bizarre to me, but, hey, whatever. Yeah, it's too bad. Just to defend the Suzuki guys that are there, you know, if you really look at the – like, I think we know the two major mechanical problems we had were just oddball things. You know, it just – it wasn't – due to lack of funding or something, the right. gas boiled or yeah. the chain came off, or bad management or bad mechanic, obviously. And results-wise, I don't know if you could really say that Dungey's riding worse than he was last year when he had DaCosta, right? Isn't he Yeah, fairly I, I, safe I, to say he's riding just as well, if not better? But now he has Reed Villapoto and, and Supercross Stewart and Kennard also there. So it's really it's strange to point at you know, his de- the decline being really even a decline. Yeah. I don't even know if he's gotten worse. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, he's got the bike. He's got the money, apparently. He still wants out. So, um, hey, whatever. If he feels that strongly, then I guess we'll see what happens, you know. Um, but I believe he's going to KTM. We'll see. Stewart to Suzuki? I don't know. I still hear some strong stuff that's going to happen, but uh, um, Stewart himself told me on Twitter that he hasn't been talking to anybody. So, of course, it's probably true. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Settled. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. All right, let's let's keep going on. Let's move on real quickly, uh, finish this off. Uh, Ricky Dietrich had a bad day. He was up there in the first moto and fell with two laps to go and uh, couldn't couldn't get his bike started right away, so he had a bad day. Uh, Weimer, uh, uh, he had a, a, a rock get in his rear brake pedal in the first moto while he was up there. And he had to nurse his bike around the mechanics area where his mechanic also thought the motor was locking up and going, and then they quickly discovered the rock. or they oh, I guess not quickly. They discovered the rock and um, sent him back out there. So Weimer didn't have a, a good day either. Uh, Nick Way, Josh Grant pulled out with a knee. If you're Josh Grant paying, um, this, is just, this is just the worst possible thing that could happen, huh? Yeah. It just really went bad, that second moto for him. We should maybe even have a moment of silence here for Josh Grant. I don't know what – I mean, you know, that guy's in a tough spot for next year. Yeah, and I mean, his knee's not – if he comes back and races uh, after this week off, it's still going to – I mean, the problem is still going to be there. If he puts it out in the wrong way and twists yeah. it, it's it's going to be the same thing, right? Yeah. So if you're him – and you have you you pull it in for surgery? Uh, what do you do? It's, I don't, it's I don't know real... exactly what he did or how bad. You know, if right. he, if it's just a little, you know, he tweaked it. That's one thing. But if if he's actually torn his ACL or damaged meniscus or something significant inside, from my experiences, and I've had three knee reconstructions. You know, you don't come flying into a turn and you know, stick your leg out without thinking about it. It's got to you know be I mean? so. Yeah. It's got to be a lot of pressure for a guy. No ride, no results to speak of. Do I keep toughing it out, try to get better, try to get some results, 
um, or do I just pack it in, get surgery, and get ready 100% for January? Because if you don't and say you gamble and try to get results and then you don't, it's just, oh, man. Yeah, you wait till middle of September to get surgery. <laughs> right, right. Now you're behind the eight ball for Supercross again. Yep. If you find, you know, even a third-tier ride, which is what he'd be looking at. Right. So. Right. Uh, I mean. I I feel I feel like uh, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes right now. No. Yeah. And I'm assuming that there's no way, like, like we're hearing, kind of like the Brayton thing. Like teams just don't know where they stand. I mean, his whole problem would be solved if Honda could just say, "Listen, dude." Just chalk up to a bad year. We'll bring you back next year. You know, if they said that, it would be the decision would be easy. But apparently, they can't say that, right? Yeah, that's the whole yeah. problem. It's isn't it weird? And I guess the situation everybody probably deals with at work from time to time. He's going there. He's talking to these guys. He's seeing on the weekends, but he doesn't know where he stands, and they don't know where he stands. You know? Yeah. He's got a huge decision yeah. to make, but he can't just say, "Listen, man, if I get surgery and take the rest of the year off, can I just come back next year?" Can't or they can't give him an answer, so right. that would solve it. Yeah, <laughs> but who knows? Ping, what's it like as a rider? Um, I, I imagine that I, I imagine at times you were a quote unquote hot property, and that makes me giggle just thinking about that. Um, <laughs> or and I imagine get that on the back of my pants. And I imagine at times that you were uh, struggling for a ride. Um, you know, so what's it like as a rider? Uh, and you know the team you're riding with isn't keeping you, or you don't know. And how is that? It's tough, you know, and and uh, I think for the most part, riders wear their their emotions on their sleeve a little bit that way, you know. Like, um, it's like asking a girl out, and they're like, "Nah," you know. Nobody likes that; it doesn't feel good. You know, you go to a team and say, "Hey, you know." I've never had that happen. So I think I think this would be, you know, good fit over here. You got good bikes. I'm I'm ready, and they're like, "Yeah, no, no thanks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, all right. Yeah. So I think that's why a lot of guys get agents. They don't even want to deal with it. And and sometimes it's better, you know, um, but it's rough. It's something about this sport that's tough is you, every year, uh, you know, you're, you could potentially not have a job the next year. Yeah. You know, it's, you're, you're totally race to race uh, and season to season. It's, you know, multi-year deals are not the norm anymore. So mm-hmm. it's definitely something tough about this sport and i think uh yeah i think josh is in a, a tough spot because what do you do yeah he could, yeah. could gamble it maybe come back and have a few what's he going to get fourth fifth sixth yeah. that might be enough to get him on you know i don't know yeah it's a tough tough decision for him to make um uh, it is it is and uh did you you had a multi-year deal at ktm did you have any others mm, no uh oh. no no i didn't Year to year, every year. Yeah, I did. I did. I actually oh. pro circuit was a two year deal. Oh, okay, yeah. So you had a couple two year deals in your career. Yeah. And other than that, it was it was hey kid, hopefully ride good and we'll, we'll resign you. Yeah. Oh, there was always a, a clause in there protecting them. So if I won a championship, my contract got renewed yeah, automatically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but if I didn't, you know, they could just kick me out the door. And how'd the, the mo- and how'd the motor world thing go? <laughs> Uh, not well. Uh, not okay. Well. Hey, let's uh, let's move on to uh, the word of the week. I feel like we've started something with Chupacabra, and I'm not ha- I'm not that happy about it. You're not happy about it. I'm not. Okay, explain. I 
you know that favorite band that you have that you used to see in the clubs all the time, oh, yeah. and you know, and yep. you're like, yeah, they're my band. It's my band. Yeah, I agree. And now, and then all of a sudden, you know, they 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 break with a with a single, and now they're playing stadiums, and you're like, and you're in row four hundred, and you're like, man, these guys seem to have lost it. It used to be all about the music, you know. Um, Chupacabra was actually introduced on NBC. Speed. 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 That's what I meant. Speed. Yeah. Yes. And I did not write that. I want you, this is how it works. On Tuesday, our show producer sends me a script of what the, the, uh, the tease script is going to be. And I record that for them right here in my house. My neighbors are the first to hear it through the window. And then I send it to the producers and they edit footage together. But the last two weeks, thankfully, Speed has increased their budget for the show. And they said they'll have their like Speed voice guy do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was awesome to hear someone else wrote it and someone else read it. Someone else recorded it, produced it, edited all that. The Chupacabra thing in the beginning was not the work of any of us. It is, it is completely gone beyond our control. Yeah, and there was a shirt made for him. Oh, here's a hilarious story of that. The shirt was made by the not infamous or famous Johnny Ohana, um, who has shoehorned himself into being a player by doing things like this. He's a guy that works the podium area at our races, and I think people will be disappointed to hear me say that because they probably think he's like a big-time dude. <laughs> he's the podium wrangler. He gets the riders to go to the podium. Anyway, he makes a shirt uh, that says Blake Elk Chupacabra Baggett, gives it to Baggett. They shoot it on camera. We put it on the TV show. After the first moto, the Sonny, who is our TV producer for Fuel, comes in, and she says, let me ask you something about this Chupacabra thing. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's, we're in trouble now. And she goes, what's the deal with this T-shirt and everything? And I'm like, uh, the T-shirt is just a one-off. It's just a guy who works at the races, made it. It's not a big deal. And she's like, yeah, because my producer from L.A. is in my headset. And the first thing he says is, are they selling those? Where can I get one? Oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how oh, it went. Man. It is blown up way beyond. Oh, People aren't even going to send an email to Ayers and Baggett today telling them I want a percentage if that starts happening. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, now I'm like I've I've let enough people know that it wasn't it wasn't me coming up with it on the air. Like I'm I don't want to get in too much trouble to say that I'm shoehorning <laughs> words in the TV show for the benefit of my friends, but you know, I think it's cool to say that we did it on here, so and it wasn't me, it was Ping, you did it. You came up with it. Well, well no, Ping just came up with the word. Why he came get, up with the word. You were the yeah, one that really, you know, worked it. You made it happen. Yeah. You were the legs it's of the program. It's funny that it happened that accidentally and that we did not mean for it to blow up like this. I feel, should we stop it? Should we stop it? And we just, you know, it's sold out and we don't, we don't want that? I feel it has in a way. I feel like it has sold out in a way. Um, remember, Mathis, were you there when John Johanna came up? And said that they were having meetings about the word and what's the word should the word, like he and Davey were talking about what the word should be. Were you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word of the week. And we were yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. no, we're not having a committee decide. That's not the point. Yeah. Somehow Davey's now saying what the word is. We got the chappie saying it. Um, at uh, <laughs> yeah, we got the chappie saying <laughs> he, it. Has he, he's still been hitting it in his sermons. Well, he wasn't there this weekend at Redbud, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, we he got, got Chupacabra in last week though. Yeah. yeah. We, we 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 got uh, we got JGR guys. Weren't they trying to say it on the headset or something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Hey, you hear it's a sermon. That's your favorite part of this, I think. I don't know why I think that's so funny. <laughs> He's hilarious. I feel like maybe like we've jumped the shark. The word has jumped the shark. You know? The, the, I don't know. Whatever. It's up to you guys. If, if you are going to say a word, I have a couple suggestions. But if you guys want to can it, we can can it. Because it's just gotten out of hand. I agree. I think it has. I think we have to come up with a better or different, I don't know, more underground way. Let's do this. Let's just put something. it on ice and okay. come back swinging, guns a-blazing at Paula, and throw in whale's vagina. Oh, here we go. Sperm whale. Sperm whale. Let's just do sperm whale then. See there. See what I did? I started tougher, and then I went, okay, sperm whale doesn't sound bad after you say whale's vagina. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I just feel, I feel like it's, you know. I don't know. I feel like it's not ours anymore. It's not our little secret. Now we got meetings about what the word's going to be. Now we got T-shirts. Uh, now we got NBC or Speed. Now we got I, – I feel like I want the band, man, to, you know, just be ours. And I also feel that with Chupacabra now, I think pretty solid that's going to be around for a while. We'll always have the memory. You know, right, right, we'll right. always remember the good old days when this was just a goofy thing between the three of us and the nine people that listened to this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like mission accomplished. We'll always have the memory of how fun that was. Yeah, and we and we should look to, towards the next trend-setting thing. Yeah. Like hula hoops. Man, when I showed, I showed, I came home and I showed my wife. I'm like, you have to watch the beginning of the speed show. I mean, did you see it? They had lightning bolts. Yes. They had they had fake chupacabras on or, or artist renderings on each side of Faggot. No, they didn't. Yes. Oh, you didn't they see it, a, Ping. I didn't see that. Ping, the beginning of the show starts with the definition of the word chupacabra in, in, in a font on the screen, oh. and then a lightning bolt strikes the definition, and there's suddenly two pictures of a chupacabra with Faggot in the middle. <laughs> this is not a joke. Wow. So it has gone like it's. It's like shake and bake. It's like Ricky Bobby type of yes, status. That's what we're saying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's maybe going too far. Yeah. All right. But how awesome would it be if it was like Chad the sperm whale Reeve, oh, and there's like a big whale in his name? <laughs> I'm just saying. Think about it. Just think about it. Guy, you won't let that go. You just won't let that go. If we could just get one more in. Can we? Can we maybe the round before? Because can we get a Canadian mythical creature's name in? Because <laughs> there what is, is that? there is such a creature in Canada. Oh no! It, that, is there really? Yeah. The goalie? No. It, it's no. <laughs> it's like the Loch Ness monster, but it's not. You know, it's in another lake in in British Columbia, um, and it resides there. And it's you know it's a mythical thing, or is it? And uh, and, and it's called Ogopogo. So. Oh boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. If you even get Ogo, Ogo Bogo. Here, here's what it's going to take. Weren't they a here's good band in the 80s? <laughs> that was Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. Oh. Here's what it's going to take, Steve. There's only one way this could be brought up. Mm. You got to get, and I know this is near and dear to your heart, you got to get one of your Canucks down here to go fast enough to battle Chupacabra, and then perhaps. Uh, well, forget that. We're done Realistic. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me. What are the odds? Uh, well. More like one in a million, or? Colton Fasciati is supposed to do the last two rounds. There we go. Pray for a whole shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Um, so no word of the week. We're done. We've put People it up. People are sad right now. I'm just saying. 
Well, I, you, you, I think it's a good decision. I'm just okay, saying yeah. people are sad. Yeah, people are sad, but you agree with it. It's like, it's, it's the right thing to do. Ping? I think we need to give it a rest and then come up Sadly. with yeah. a new way or something. <laughs> All right. Uh, 250 class, uh, uh, what, Blake Baggett. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, obviously he broke his streak uh, of having one good, one bad race. He dominated this weekend. Dean Wilson was the only guy that could keep him in sight. But what I want to talk about, Ping, and this, this applies more to you, one thing I'm more, one thing I'm very impressed with, he's never been to Redbud before. That's that's crazy, right? right? Um, or no, that's not crazy. Well, it's not crazy. I mean, it's his sophomore season, and he got hurt halfway through last year, so it's yeah, actually exactly as it should be. He's never been to, to Redbud before. Yeah. Well. Wow, okay, thanks for, track. I mean, thanks for that. Thanks for that. Different. It's happened yeah. plenty of times. Thanks Ricky was never at any of those tracks. The year he won everything. Well, yeah, but he's, that's Ricky Carmichael. We're talking. Well, this okay. is El Chupacabra. <laughs> well, all right. Um, thanks for that awesome analysis. Well, it's a dirt bike track. I don't know. <laughs> well, does, does, know it make I mean? it, does it make it more impressive? Wow. Okay. And the fact that he went 1-1, uh, you know, it's imp- it's totally impressive. Oh, I don't care where it's at or how many times anyone's been there. Like, Okay. Uh, I to go to beat Wilson, you know, to beat those guys, like both motos, the way he's doing it, it's like. I'm moving you know. on. Hey, Weege, um, he really he really did his typical thing where he, he, start, he put in some laps right after halfway that were just soul-crushing, 214s, 213s. Uh, he did one. He did a uh, two thirteen seven, I think, or something. That just, just. I mean, if you're one of those, if you're Wilson and you're following him, and he lays down a couple laps like that, you're just like, oh man, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it was strange to see him run his wait until the halfway mark strategy while leading the race. It's really strange because at first I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wilson is keeping him honest, and then Rattray was actually catching both of them. Um, so I thought, I don't know, maybe we got a little breakthrough here. But it was literally like exactly the halfway mark. He came through the off of the third jump of LaRocco's leap, and then that next left-hander, there was like a single leading to the finish. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable how hard he went, came through that section all of a sudden, you know, compared to the previous laps. And then he did a couple of those. And we were at commercial break, actually, when I first saw that. And then I and I just looked at each other and just said, bye-bye. Because uh, we were pumped. Like the first 15 minutes, like, wow, we got a battle on our hands. Yeah. It was the difference was dramatic. How much harder all of a sudden he started riding, and yeah, it, considering the other two were probably close enough to see that, tough, tough on them for sure. He's uh, he's starting to, he's still not in the points lead, which is a little weird, but uh, it speaks to the testament of Dean Wilson. He's got um, four wins in six races, right? Yeah, yeah, four yeah. wins in six races, and Wilson and not in the points lead. Yeah, yeah, and I think. The issue was, would he, what was going to happen first? Like, was he going to figure out how to do this every week or not? Well, now that it seems like he has, now now what do you look to? Right. Like, I know you, the other guys might be ahead of him in points, but is that just a technical numbers game right now? Right. Well, I guess when you're Dean Wilson and you go to sleep at night, that's what you think about. <laughs> right. And it's too bad because I don't understand where the speed is coming from. I mean, Wilson is riding well and Rattray is riding well. Like, I 
that yeah. was the thing that shocked me at Hangtown and all the way through the other wins. Like, I don't understand how he's able to do this. Like, that class is usually so competitive. Um, you got to go back to Villapoto since you've seen it. But I'll be honest, with Villapoto, I felt like Villapoto was always a little more dominant as an amateur, so maybe you expected a little more. Right, right. You know, Blake, <clears throat> as an amateur, though, if you ask anyone who would, would go out riding with him here, mm-hmm. when you go to a practice day in Southern California two, year, two three years ago, Mm-hmm. There was this, you know, Blake was a little amateur kid, and he would shred every, anyone. I don't care what pro was out there; he was faster than everybody. But he'd go to the amateur nationals, and he he never he wasn't the guy always winning all the titles. He would fall or just kind of not get it done or whatever. But his speed has never been like if you've ridden with him out here, he's always been that fast. He's ridiculously fast. Um, why he all of a sudden is able now to? you know, flick it on at a big race and make it happen. I, I don't know. I don't know what changed. I'd love to ask him that, but he's always had the speed. Like he, he's, that's never, ever been an issue with Blake for anybody who's kind of known him for a few years. You know what, what the first year I went to Loretta's uh, covering it for cycle news and, and race race and stuff, I think it was Oh two. And uh, the guy who was the head of the AMA amateur at that point, this guy, Steve Carnegie was like, Dude, if you ain't seen a 65 race and you see a kid like a Blake Baggett in his style, it is as fun to watch as anyone in the pro class. That's how Carnegie <laughs> uh, talked. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, wow, really, Blake Baggett? Okay, he's one to watch. And I swear he got like eighth in every moto. And then every year I'd hear the same thing. Wait, do you see this Blake Baggett kid ride? And then he get like fourth. And then in the A class, he would even win some motos there once in a while. But I was always confused as to why I always heard all this buildup but never really saw the results. So I guess that's exactly what you're saying. Do you know? Yeah, it, you see him ride when the pressure wasn't on, and he was he flew, but he, he couldn't perform under for whatever reason, you know, at, at the big events. But he's figuring it out now. Do you know that he uh, he weighs 127 pounds? Not that he's a little guy. Oh, that is way less than I thought. How do you not pull a whole shot on that bike weighing that much? How do you not? That's insane. 127 pounds. I got a Bassett that weighs almost that much. Well, are the teammates, I mean, I know that they were hinting at that a little bit earlier in the year, that that's an issue. Are they really going to start harping on that? Or they see him ride and just say, no, man, he's just fast, legit. Or, or, or is that what you start pointing to if you're Wilson? Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're a racer, that's what you point to, for sure. This is, the, this is the episode of the show where we talk about the racers psyching themselves up. Right. Right. We've said that several times. Uh, I like that. But uh, I'm just I, – I didn't think it was that little. I, I, I didn't. I, I would have put him in the – and, again, Ping proved that he's really good at this. But um, <laughs> I would have put him at a 140. 175? One, yeah, 175. Uh, 140, <laughs> 150. You know, I, I guess I'm just I, – I wouldn't make a good carny. Um, but uh, I didn't think he weighs that, 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 that little. So – Anyways, um, Rattray, as soon as Rattray got in the points lead, his starts disappeared, which is weird. But he, he's not going to – he doesn't have the speed to, to beat these dudes if he doesn't start with them, right? He's not going to catch them. Right. I, I, that, to me, that's kind of the biggest uh, head-scratcher right now is that he's sort of fallen off here. You know, if right. he – these fists and, you know, man, he can't be doing that. That's a lot of points to give up in one moto. Yeah. Um, Wilson, Wilson's pretty frustrated. Um, why can't you listen to that, uh, Pulp MX Pulpcast with it, with him? 
Yeah. Um, it was even worse when I hit stop. He's he's frustrated. He's depressed. He, he's yeah, in the interview, you kept saying you're clearly frustrated, but then he didn't sound frustrated. No, no. Because so, yeah. before I hit the record, we gotcha. were talking, and he's just like, you know, talking about who he's going to ride for next year, and maybe he has to Whoa. go to Arena Cross, and maybe yeah. he should look into Canadian Nationals again, and like, you know, just basically like, I suck. Well, he has the points. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I'm like, dude, shut up, shut up. You're you're being a little over dramatic. No, man. And then he kept. He was doing this really irritating thing where he took a bottle of orange juice out of the fridge, and there were there were cups four feet away from him, lots of cups. But instead, while we're doing the interview, he's pouring orange juice into the lid, the tiny little lid of the orange juice, and sucking it like a oyster. No, like a, you're sucking the the orange juice out of the underside of the cap, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I don't know." Anyways, very frustrated. His ADD flared up. I was oh. very, I was, as much frustrated as he was at his ride. I was frustrated at him sipping orange juice <laughs> one tiny capful at a time. Um, all right, let's. Uh, hey, Weege, quietly, quietly, Kyle Cunningham's having a pretty good season. Which is not the way you'd ever think Kyle Cunningham would end up having a good season, right? Right, exactly. He's uh, fifth in the points right now. He gained big time on Eli Tomac, who didn't race this weekend due to a practice crash um, uh, in practice with Travis but you Baker. thought, yeah, if Kyle Cunningham's going to have a great season, it's going to be because he's leading motos here and there and then having a few bad ones. Yeah. You know, but this weekend, and then making the highlight reel for his crash. Right. Right. But this weekend, 4-4 four, four for fourth. And almost unnoticed, you know, just – Road strong, road solid, solid. both photos. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, you know what's impressive? Honestly, Sipes and Cunningham were both really fast dudes that used to crash a lot. And, I mean, Sipes had a few problems here early outdoors, but for the most part, they've taken two guys and really turned that around. And that's usually something that almost never, that they almost never gets turned around. So I don't know if it's the team or, or what, but. Uh, you know, Mathis, you, you guys can both. Tell me what you think of this, but I think them bringing Alan Brown on um, did a lot for that team. I think they were lacking sort of a, a guy who had um, credibility in that spot. You know what I'm saying? Somebody right. the riders would look at and go, all right, this dude knows what he's talking about a little bit. He's Canadian. Uh, so that's somebody that kind of knows a plus. how things should go on a good team. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, Alan Brown's I, brought a lot, a lot to the up. table over there. Yeah, I mean, I think – I think it's a combo ping, to be honest. And Alan's a good friend of mine, former roommate. I think Alan helps out. And I also think through dumb luck or through skill or something, they got a couple of signings right. Do you know what I mean? For years, I would question their rider, their, their signings. I'd just be like, what are you guys doing? You know? But I think, you know, that we saw Sipes last year, Moto Concepts Yamaha. He was right there, strong. And so, you know, that was an easy one. And Cunningham, we all know he had the speed and, 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 Where's he? Where was he coming off of last year? He was in Australia. Uh, he was, he was all over the place. He, he eventually ended up on Valley. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right, Valley. Very strange season for him. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. So, uh, you know, you're kind of you, you, you're maybe locking into that one that Kyle Cunningham has somehow found some consistency to go with his always speed that we've always seen him have. So I think it's a combination. But no, you're right. They've they look good. They've come a long way. I think now, to me. Um, Yamaha is letting them down a little bit with that motorcycle. I just don't mm. know if that thing is the best thing out there. But the motors look good. The motors seem strong, but just the whole package, you know? 
It's an old bike. I have to redo the uh, cylinder head to put fuel injection on it, correct? Yeah. Yep. There you go. Uh, hey, Will Hahn. I thought pretty good. 8-6, first ride back after being out since uh, the second practice of Anaheim 1. So, uh, uh, paying pretty good, right? Yeah, I think that's good. You know, Will, um, probably a little stronger indoors than out. So, um, last season he had some good uh, some good top fives and stuff, but that would be kind of, you know, this isn't, yeah, 8-6 for 6 overall is good for him, two races in. That's really good. Two races in, huh? It's second round, right? Didn't he come back last weekend, or was it this one? No, it was this one. Oh, um, losing it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, and I think he could run. I don't know if he's got, like, you know, those top three guys pace, but I think you see him up definitely into, you know, racing for fourth and fifth for sure in right. these next few rounds. Uh, Weege, it wouldn't surprise me, though, if as a couple races in, Will starts – struggling a bit right you see we have seen that before i don't know i think outdoors he's fairly well on tested we don't really know um well i just mean injuries last i just mean with the riders coming back getting a boost of adrenaline at the first race and then all of a sudden realizing that they're not where they thought they would be yeah but i think he rode i don't think he rode out of his mind you know what i mean like for example he got the whole a massive hole shot in the second moto. Like I don't even know how you do that. Like he was what five bike lengths ahead, I think, mm-hmm. by the time they got to the stripe. But well, remember how many like, hole shots he pulled last year? He's a he's got to start dialed. <laughs> He'll do more of that, I'll bet. But you know, Baggett and Wilson ran around him, you know, in through the first half of a lap, you know what I mean? And then he kind of found his spot, settled in. I don't feel like if he had gone and led fifteen minutes of the first moto or his first moto back I definitely would say, well, that was just the adrenaline, and you're not going to see him do the same thing at Millville. But I think he could do this, you know, be hovering around the top five, get good starts. Um, and, again, now I wonder, how has Eli Tomac not been able to get any good starts when now Barsha, Vincent, and now Han are pretty much battling for every hole shot in every moto? Yeah, good good, good question, yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously not. Tomac didn't have a chance this weekend, right, but right. first ten motos. Except he hole shot the first one of the year, then it was nine horrible starts. Um, Ping, the TLD guys, uh, do you have any scoop on that? Uh, nope. nope. Ninth, 11th, Christian Craig was a 10th. I mean, just sort of a 10th right. place weekend for those guys. Not sure so what went saved, on there. Who saved the team? What rider stepped up to put him on the box? Tara, the Liger, Geiger. <laughs> WMX action. Catch it. Um, <laughs> catch the fever. Catch the fever. Hey, Scott Champion, thirteen, thirteen for tenth. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Yeah. And awesome. I'll give everybody a little preview of my observations column because I'm going to put this in there. Thirteen, thirteen, right for yeah. tenth. He qualified thirteenth fastest, I believe. And in the second moto in the parade lap, he crossed the line in thirteenth. How did you know that? Because I talked to his, his chick, Aaron Normwell, in the um, in the tower. Because my joke is going to be, he got two thirteenths and got tenth overall, and you thought he was only lucky because he was dating Aaron Normwell. Oh, good one. Yeah, because there's some kind of fact that like to get two of the most unlucky scores, a thirteen thirteen, and have it play out to your benefit. Yeah, a thirteen thirteen for tenth is, is definitely a little lucky. But you know me and the motive scores in math. That's not my – I don't like to oh, go on that. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I know. Um, 
I, I got to check on that qualifying time, but I believe she told me he got 13th in qualifying too. Wow. So a big 13 days for uh, good. good for that's, champion. That's good. Yeah, I was impressed. Top, you that's know. his first top 10. I would, I would, could have been better. Best. It could have been a you know 69 day. Oh, 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 I threw it out there. Um, Jeez. Um, all right, anything else? What else we got to talk about? Anything hey, else? Um, the podcast, speaking of WMX action, uh-huh. apparently inspiring some of the riders, or one rider in particular, because as soon as we say that Jessica Patterson has turned the tables on Ashley Filek, Filek turns them back over. And pretty much one red butt straight up. Patterson was there but couldn't couldn't get her, so I don't know. So is Filek uh, uh, in the points lead still? She is still in the points lead, but it was a very small points. Right. I think it was only three points coming in, okay. and now it's nine, nine. But it looked like, oh, it's just a matter, kind of like Baggett. Oh, it's just a matter of time. Right, Patterson's right. faster. She'll get the points lead. But now it's, you know, you go 1-1 one, one straight up, and obviously that changes the complexion. Yeah, I thought uh, complexion being very important to the ladies, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought Jessica had it had her handled all the time, everywhere, unless she fell. So clearly, Filek stepped up her game. Yep. So I just want to get that in. Maybe Patterson was sick. Maybe something happened. It does seem weird uh, to be so yeah. dominant and then just get beat straight up. You know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I mean, usually it does continue week to week. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ping, anything else? Um, I don't know. No? <laughs> no? A lot of guys had bad weekends. What happened to Swanepoel? I was thinking, I was just thinking uh, yesterday or the day before that they might have a good Nations team, you know, with him, Ratchet, and maybe some gritty, strong, little up-and-coming South African. <laughs> right, right. That no one's ever heard of, but I don't know. What happened to Gareth? You know what? I, uh, beginning yeah. of both motos. He came around without a visor, first moto. A lot of visor problems these these days. <laughs> we got Baggett turning backwards, Dungey's coming loose, RV losing one, Swanepoel losing one. A lot of visor issues. Hey, the other trend is, and Mathis, you you can explain this. Um, a lot of guys DNFing motos this year, and every time Aaron goes over to interview them, it's the bike was just cutting out, and they don't know why. Now, is this just? Just say it cut out. It'll make it clear that it's an electrical problem. Or, I mean, what? how is it possible that for some reason electrical problems are just striking the pitch? Like it's lightning? Yeah, thing? yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Midnight, Friday night? I don't know. I just think, I think, I mean, I just think the riders don't know. And so they're just like, it's cutting out. It could be anything. You know what I mean? It could be electrical. I see. When they say cutting out, they're not meaning that to be specific. Yeah. They just mean it's not running. Right, yeah. Yeah. I see. I think maybe cutting out is slightly sounds better than eh, I don't know. She done blown up, <laughs> you know. So, Barsha, how bizarre, Barsha. Um, yeah. Thing I don't know if you know. He completes the parade lap for the second moto, goes to the starting line, the bike stops running, and they could never get it started, and they just didn't race. Like they were just on the starting gate, kicking and kicking and kicking yeah. as the gate yeah. dropped. That's frustrating. I've been there as a mechanic. Uh, Glenn Helen, two thousand and one. First moto, I think first moto, concrete start, um, 32nd board is up. Kelly Smith, you know, laying down the rubber on the concrete. I'm holding his back end, sweeping the mud out, sweeping the mud out from underneath the bike, and just all of a sudden, locks up. Wow. Yeah, right there, 32nd board's up. He looks at me, I look at him, I'm like, we're done. 
we're done. <laughs> like he was looking at me like, pull it up, pull it up. like he was looking at me like all panicky, and I'm like, we're done, we're done. I just kept yelling, we're done. Because <laughs> I mean, the 30 second board is up. You know, there is nothing we're gonna do right now. And Put sure enough, blue smoke out the back here. Yeah, what happened uh, was one of the screws that held the uh, the crank uh, the 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 crank material the 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 plastic came out and locked up. So, um, yeah, it was good, good times. And then, so then what happens is, you know, you're already like feeling shame because, uh, uh, it wasn't my fault, but it, you're feeling shame because your bike blew up on the line. And then just to top it off, 39 dudes go off the line and just roost the shit out of you while you're just, you know, like, Hey, thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. So, and then you did the walk of shame back to the pit yep. from the start line with your bike. Yep, exactly. <laughs> It was uh, good times. So I've been there as a, as Barcher's mechanic was. Yeah, they they had it pulled out behind the gate and kicking, kicking, kicking. What was the deal with that, Weege? Did you ever do any investigation? I'm amazed they put this in the press release, or unless it's just cover-up. But it says a uh, kill switch wire malfunctioned. Um, so take of that what you will. Truth or That's electrical. Like, everything's always electrical. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, well, that's my point in the cutting part. out thing. Well, that's a big joke I make with the teams. I'm always like electrical as they, you know, as they pull out the connecting rod from the side of the case, and uh, I'm always like spark plug, and they're always like, "Yep, yep." Except Alan Brown at Lakewood actually did have a spark plug failure, <laughs> and he came up to me and he was like, "Remember how we always joke about spark plugs?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "We actually have this one," <laughs> and then he had a spark plug problem. So, uh, hey, Evgeny Mikhailov of Crayer Meats, twenty first. Just, a, just about got a point. So close. So, how about Travis Sewell, thirteen seventeen? Right. Yeah, there were a couple of good rides like that. Kind of like Champion you mentioned. Yeah. Sean Hackley, long lost Sean Hackley, got a twentieth in a moto, so he scored a point. And I think was riding even better in a second moto. He was like fourteenth, fifteenth at one point, and then yeah. off the radar he went. But a couple, couple cool stories like and, that. And Ben LeMay. What about like uh, I, I always remember hearing about Lowell Spangler about how fast he was. Me too. He went. He got 34th. He hasn't so. done much as a pro, but I, I, and you know who? What about pro- Michael Pacone? Wasn't he like supposed to be fast too? No, Pacone like just rules Dade game. City. Mm. Uh, why well, again? You know who I heard about Lowell Spangler from? His uh, old trainer, Canard's old trainer. Um, no, 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 no. Oh. Who, who else would have told me about one of PA's fastest? Oh, not Bad Billy. No, no. John Knowles. John Knowles from Scott. Yeah, because he's more of a central. I should have known. He's more of a central PA guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heard a lot about Lowell Spangler from John Knowles. But. People don't know that Pennsylvania moto is divided much like California. Like, if you're from Northern California, you only associate with the – you only build up the NorCal guys. Like, it doesn't right. – the Southern California guys mean nothing to you. Yeah. Well, I've noticed <laughs> that Pennsylvania is much like that. Like, Billy Ersick will only build up the Pittsburgh region guys. And if you're from Central or Eastern PA – you might as well just be from another state. But yet they all have the same love, though, of Joe Pop and Penn State. Yeah. doesn't Central matter. PA. Penn, Penn State yeah. covers everything. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, um, yeah, so I did hear a lot of Spangler from him. Um, but it was Greg Dorenzo, the old trainer for uh, <laughs> Dorenzo. <laughs> Greg Dorenzo. Yeah, Get your pump on. Spangler. Uh, what about Jake Canada with another 11th? Yeah. After the first moto, were you thinking, wow? I was thinking, oh, Canada. get a hold of this guy. I was thinking, oh, Canada. Wait a minute. Maybe we call Jake Canada the Oingo Boingo. 
Oh, no, it's Ogopogo. Or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. You can tie that in. Yeah, good one. Here we go. Canada's best rider is the rider named Canada. Yeah, he's not from Canada. Uh, I'd rather see him. I'd rather see him nicknamed the Mountie. I think it'd be funnier. Uh, That's pretty good. Hey, what happened to Snooky? Do we do we know what happened to Snooky? Who? Snooky. Oh man, massive crash in oh. the second moto. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we caught that one on TV, man. It was the left-hander leading the Rocco's leap, so you know those guys are just yeah pegging it, and then left hand came off the bar and he mm. came off the bike. The only guy I saw the leap, by the way, do the leap was Kyle Cunningham in the light spike. Oh, and Wilson did it in the parade lap. Cunningham did it during the moto? Practice. Oh. Why would he do it on a parade lap? Wilson did it on a parade lap. <laughs> what if he what if he clipped it and grenaded a wheel? He was very happy about it. He thought it was awesome. He said it was sick. Anybody know if Filippoto pooped his pants this weekend? <laughs> no mention of it. Okay, just checking. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Crashed hard. I thought maybe you just poop them. Well, I know you're a big fan of the poop, so I know you'd be on that. <laughs> well, it's just interesting to me. <laughs> it's just interesting to me. <laughs> that guy would just crap in his much, pants. Much like, much like people study the Civil War and people study <laughs> you know, the nuclear age. Pink studies poop. Um, huh? uh, Kevin Windham had a quiet day. Got crashed in that first moto. Um, Who so, didn't crash, I know. by the way, in that crash? I don't know. Seemed like just about it. So Alessi, Wyndham, Tommy Hahn, Lichtel, Alessi, Filippoto, and who knows how many other riders. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, what thing. happened in that crash? Did anybody see it? What? I have no clue. I have so no clue. Everyone claimed that everyone else's bike hit them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you notice that? Yeah, I, I did. You're right. Yeah. Nobody Hahn started. Got taken it. out by Filippoto's bike, and Alessi got taken out by Wyndham's bike somehow. Bikes were just flying across the track. <laughs> it was like magnets. They all just yeah. decided. Or they were transforming or something. Like the movie Cars, like they actually have their own personality. And they... <laughs> um, all right. Well, hey, guys, that's cool. Let's wrap this thing up, right? We got one off next yeah. week. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to do it next week. Maybe next week we can do Six Flags. <laughs> oh, boy. Can we do let's, that? Let's just do a podcast on our worst jobs. What would yours be, Mathis? Uh, working with you at KTM. Oh, geez. Really? No. Uh, my worst job? was probably hmm I actually enjoyed pumping gas um you pumped gas yeah yeah well, for for a long time I got I, I, I my dad owned a service station when we were kids and I was about 10 or 11 and I would work all day on Saturdays this was like 10 seriously probably 12 years old I would have to work all day on Saturday and at the end of the day my mom would take me to go buy I would get one Star Wars figure that would be wow. my pay and I actually There's child labor laws, isn't there? Oh, dude, what, don't get me started. We can actually get my Debbie on the phone, my mom, and she'll get really mad when I start telling her, "How could you guys do that?" Um, I poured oil in a guy's radiator one time, um, <laughs> much like I, I was when I was a full-grown mechanic. Um, no, my worst job was probably I had to deliver car parts in um, around the city of Winnipeg, and I only had an AM radio mm. in this in this little S10. So I would just drive around all day delivering car parts. So that I, I didn't do that for that long. I think we got ourselves a, uh, a show here. Ping, you never had a job, so. Yeah. Oh, no, I did. I did. I had a – my dad always made me work in the summers. Um, you know, school was the job when I was in school. But, like, in the summer, I had to have a job. So 
he for a while was running this um, company that made like uh, wood cabinets, you know, like cabinetry, oak, and whatever. Uh-huh. So I was like piss boy, you know. I swept the floors and I had to take care of all the bathrooms, clean to take the trash out. That kind of just total yeah. piss boy. So I don't know what piss boy the means. The men's bathroom at a, you know, woodworking shop. <laughs> I had to clean the urinals. And let me tell you, it's like, I still, I, I, I get like flashbacks when I go into urinals and I see pubic hairs all over them. <laughs> it was like these guys would come in there and just throw, like try to grab and pull their hair out and throw it on that. It was just disgusting. <laughs> hair everywhere. And I had to clean it out. All right. And, 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 and I don't know. I'm a little what, emotional about it. I don't know what piss boy means. Like, is that just a general term for a <laughs> bad job? Yeah, like, I was a piss boy. Anything bad that needed done, hey, swoop the parking lot. You don't have anything to do? Go, you know, okay. hose off the side of the building or something. I don't know. I worked at, a, I worked at a steel shop um, from 3 in the afternoon till 2 in the morning, four days a week. And I was I was shop boy. So I had, to, you know, handrails, like a, a long handrail that you'll see, like, say, up, up and down a handicap ramp, you know? I had to grind all the welds smooth on a on a on a you know twenty foot long rail. That sucked too. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what about you, Wygant? Six Flags. Well, uh, there's that. I, I I feel like we're using our information that could make for a good solo show next week. But if you must, uh, I also did work at Seaside Heights, home of the Jersey Shore program that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I pretty much met those guys, or maybe they're like. <laughs> Older brothers, right, right. Um, you ever seen? You ever seen? We, you seen the new video, my new haircut, on YouTube? Oh, every time someone sends that to me, it's, "Are you related to this guy?" It's always the joke. It's always the joke. <laughs> Those are the guys, though, right? That's the guys that roll up in Seaside. Oh, absolutely. So what would happen yeah. is, and again, are we using material we could use for a separate show? I was. I think I started working there when I was fourteen. Yeah which I don't know if that's legal or not, but that's the way we do it. So, um, you know, nothing's going on. I would work the, you know, you put a quarter down on the spot and the wheel spins, and if it lands on your spot, you win a stuffed panda bear. Yeah. So I would just be staring at the ground. It'd be like 12-hour shifts. You'd be just bored standing there. No one's coming by. I swear I was staring straight down, straight down. And then all of a sudden <laughs> one of the Jersey Shore guys would come by and be like, hey, you looking at her? <laughs> At that point, there's no good answer, as I learned. Because if you said yes, then you're checking out his chick, not good. Yeah. But if you said no, that meant she's not hot enough to check out, which is also not good. Right. So either way, he was going to have to kick your ass to impress her. (laughs) Um, But eventually, like eventually, because all these dudes are the same and they would run. It was amazing how they'd all run the same exact shtick. Like it'd be like every third day another dude that looked like that would say the same thing. Like, they must have conferences. These are before message boards, so I don't know yeah, how they right. knew to use this to impress their girlfriend. But eventually I would get cocky to the point where uh, I would say, like, no, I didn't, or yes, I did, and then he'd get mad no matter what. And he's like, well, let me tell you something, you little bleep. I'm going to kick the bleep out of you as soon as your shift is over. <laughs> and I would just tell him, be like, dude, my shift ends at 11 p.m. If you want to come back here in nine hours <laughs> to beat up a 14 year old, did you have uh, one and of those... it never came back? Like, because it wasn't really about that. It was about that moment of impressing yeah. their girl. And yeah. F and as an aside, as an asterisk, 
the girls were never worth looking at. Right. They had big hair. Big hair. I'm I sure. mean, really, if Snooki was going by, would you really be like, damn? <laughs> it no. was, <laughs> Did you have one the of those? The only thing that's changed from summer of 92, 93, 94 when I worked there and today is that the, the just tattoos really weren't a thing back then. But otherwise, everyone looked and acted the same. That's funny. Um, did you have one of those straw hats on, like the round straw hats on? No, just a red Casino Pure uh, polo shirt. The other thing they did was they had, they would ship people over from Europe to work the, like, they'd have, like, <laughs> Hold a on, this, this sounds like we should just save this. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, good idea. Because <laughs> yeah. the where you can go with that one, <laughs> I mean, you've got a lot of places you can go with. They should shipping, shipping people over from Europe as opposed to bringing <laughs> – it's the choice of words. Right. That's right. I feel like we could go. Yeah. Let's just try. Let's try to do one next week. I got plenty of stories. Ping, what do you think? Huh? What do you think? Can we do one next week? On crappy jobs? Just on whatever. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> so much enthusiasm. I, All got, right. I got some stories. All right, guys. Hey, thank you for doing the uh, – btosports.com racerx podcast uh red bud wrap up appreciate it and uh same time same place next week see ya see ya this has been the racerx podcast with steve mathis search pulp mx in the itunes store to enjoy the more than 250 episode archive including the classics collection where it all began 